Are the Dallas Cowboys in the market for another speed receiver? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are starting to hear some rumblings of private workouts, some 30 visits. We still have pro days going on. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I had a kind of a rough morning because I read the news about the Cowboys uh, visiting with Tank Dell, and then I spit taked a bunch of coffee all over my computer. So, uh, problem if you're an IT guy. I'm cleaning. Yeah, that's right. I'm cleaning it up. I, I, I I'm drying it out, and and now I'm gonna have to figure out a way to just to talk about to comment about this because it's it's kind of mind blowing, honestly. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the news. The Cowboys, uh, I believe, they met with. Uh, Nathaniel Tank Dell from Houston earlier this week. They had a little bit of a private workout. They've also met with a few other smaller receivers in this class. And frankly, if you've met with any receiver, it's a small receiver class. So you probably yeah, met with some of them. But true. let's talk about Dell specifically because it feels like this is very much a changing of the tide in how the Cowboys view receivers because we know in the past they like the guys that are six foot 199 pounds or more to draft a five foot eight 166 pound receiver would be quite different for them yeah we've had very some very prominent members of of cowboys twitter uh uh you know lobbying for small running backs <laughs> Uh, this is this, this is this is goes beyond that. Like this guy is a small uh, uh, wide receiver in the sense that he's yeah under 170 pounds, under five nine. Uh, and and the truth of the matter is, I mean to be honest, you know I think you and I have both had discussions about this. We've watched Tank Dell, you know we watched a ton of him when he was at the Senior Bowl. We watched all his one on ones. You know I've I've seen tape of him just because he's interested me. But all of that was kind of. How do I say this? In my done in my own time, just because I'm interested yes. in the player, not not in in pursuit of like you know my kind of gig covering this team because our team doesn't draft guys like this. Like they just basically filter these guys out. That's clearly changing, and I think it it, it the change started you know early last year or some point last year. And, and, I, and I, I don't really know whether this was a conscious decision made previous to last last year that they want to start looking more at these players. But, you know, obviously uh, Turpin became a player that they, they got on the team. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and when you, when you, when they hired Turpin, it was like, when they signed Turpin, it was like, well, he's a kick returner. Maybe they're carving out an exception here. Then as the season went on, they were looking more and more for, for receivers to kind of be that number two, as we all know. And then obviously mm-hmm. they, they brought in Hilton and Hilton obviously doesn't follow any of that kind of uh, predetermined template stuff that we had, we had used mm-hmm. previously for the Cowboys wide receivers. Uh, and it just seems like now we're seeing a steady drum beat away from that. Right. You, 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 you mentioned that Downs was the guy, Josh Downs was a mm-hmm. guy that they, now they've, they've included Tank Dell. 
and and it's pretty clear that this is not like just a uh, a one-off situation. They they are, are clearly moving away from that kind of minimum threshold from wide receivers, yep. and I for one am thankful for it because the game is changing. These sort of players have value, uh, a lot of value. Uh, and you can get really uh, explosive, dynamic players that, you know, may not fit the kind of traditional templates that, you know, old school kind of scouting departments like in their wide receivers. Yeah, since 1985, the Cowboys have drafted one receiver under five foot nine. Do you know uh, who it is? Uh, was it? Is it Ryan Switzer? It's Ryan Switzer. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And even Ryan Switzer was 185 pounds, which, yeah, I mean, was... that's 20 pounds heavier than Tank Dell. So we're talking about a big step down from even Ryan Switzer. This is just a team that has historically not valued these smaller receivers. But I do wonder if they've just seen the way the game is changing and they see this draft class and it's like, you know what? If Tank Dell is available in the third or fourth round, and he's a playmaker, and we can make him, you know, a number four, number five receiver. Why not? I mean, we have to, like, kind of just contextualize how big a change this is because the Cowboys previous to this, like, wouldn't even consider average-sized wide receivers. You yeah. know, like, I mean, 5'10", you know, 5'11". You know, their threshold, I'm pretty sure, started at six feet mostly. Yeah. I think they made exceptions, but, but for the most part, that was kind of their template. And, if and, you were going to be – if you're going to be shorter than six foot, you better be able to play special teams like a Dwayne Harris, right? Yeah, you better exactly. be able to return kicks and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and now they're, they're looking at a guy who is not just like small by receiver, but like historically small by mm-hmm. his, uh, by receiver measurements. So uh, it's a big change. It's, 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 you know, it opens up the field quite a bit for the Cowboys uh, scouting department and, you know, honestly, this late in the game for us, it, feel, it makes me feel like, Oh, great. Now I've got about 10 more guys that I have to go watch because I just assumed that the Cowboys would be out on them previous and maybe they're not. So I, I, I think it's good news for Cowboys fans because again, it, it just opens up uh, the, the opportunity for them to draft more of these kind of dynamic players. And frankly, for a team that, you know, we've had complaints has been too slow, you know, for probably the last two or three years uh, this is a way to get more inject more speed onto your team as some of these smaller, more dynamic well, players. And I think that's it, right? I think they've realized they're just not fast enough. Like their number one receiver, CeeDee Lamb, is a four-five-ish guy, right? Yeah. Michael Gallup, even when he was healthy, was probably a four-five guy. Your tight ends are both four-eight tight ends. Like, there's just a lack of speed now outside of Brandon Cooks. But we should also mention, like, the Cowboys trading for Brandon Cooks is something new to them. They would never yeah. have gone out and acquired a guy, first of all, with that salary and somebody of that size. So you, it's, it's also clear that they're just changing the template of what they need at receiver, or they're just bending some of their, you know, maybe restrictions when it comes to draft and trades. Well, and, and look, I mean, not to kind of segue in this, this into something else or, but to loop in kind of further conversations, it seems to me that the real change that's going to happen in this offense, um, just based on reading tea leaves of a couple of different things is that the Cowboys are going to be more interested in putting more receivers out and route. Uh, and, and what that means is that that means less protection for Dak, you know, closer in, but more options for who to throw it to uh, once they're out and receive, once they're out and route. Now the kind of balance that you have to find when you're marrying route concepts with protection schemes is that, 
you can't have like a five man protection, meaning like just the five offensive linemen, no help from tight ends, no running backs. You can't really have a five man protection scheme and then run only deep routes, mm-hmm. right? Because those yeah. the, that that takes time to develop and it takes time for for you got to buy your quarterback time in order for those routes to develop. And that's kind of what a Coriel system, you know, lives on, right? Good protection, sometimes max protection, putting a couple guys down the field and and, and trying to win one on ones. What we may start to see more of now is because you're, you've got less protection, because the ball is probably going to come out a little bit quicker, you need guys who win right away with route running. And after and, the catch. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and then, and then, and then you can do something with the ball after, the, after they've caught it, right? So less about developing, about beating a, a corner uh, down the field with, with route running, about jumping over and grabbing the ball over smaller corners, more about quickly getting the ball out to the receivers and then having them make plays. And and this is the kind of player you need to kind of facilitate that. You put a guy like this in the slot, have him run a whip route, have him run a slant, you know, have him, you know, shake off defenders and give easy, quick completions uh, before Dak gets uh, absolutely murdered because there's only five men protecting him from the fearsome defensive lineman. That and, facing. and maybe we'll see a de-emphasis in tight end, right? Uh, the last maybe. several years, the tight end has been... Or a the, reshaping, right? A reshaping, potentially, of what they're asking those guys to do, right? Well, we've less, seen the, less importance with pass blocking, right. you know? We've seen Schultz um, be the second-leading target player on the offense, I think, each of the last three years, or up there. I think in 2021, he was third behind Amari and CD, maybe you'll just see the tight end targets go down, and that just opens up the pie a little bit more to some more receivers. And that way you can get, you know, three, four receivers on the field and use them in some different ways. I want to talk, Landon, about Tank Dell specifically and how he might fit into the yeah. offense next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on anything and everything from money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net at the end of the tournament. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Landon, let's talk about Tank Dell specifically because I know we, we've got to see him a lot. Yeah. How, what do you think about his game, and how do you think he would fit into this Cowboys offense? Well, he was practically uncoverable at senior bowl practice. Yeah. And, 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 you know, look, let's be clear. Like those are, are definitely geared towards that type of receiver, you know, guys who, especially the one-on-ones, it's like, it's untimed down where the defense has no help and it's, it's man coverage and, you know, but if we've, having... if, if we've seen receivers like that, do really well at the, the yes. senior, I think of like Calvin Austin last year from Memphis sure. who had a very similar type of week. Yeah. I will say that I felt like Dell was still doing it at a much more impressive rate than, I agree. yeah. than Austin and some of the other previous guys we saw. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he won every rep I saw. Did he? I, mean, he, I, I there's, I, I just retweeted a video on my Twitter account. You go check it out of every yeah. single rep that he did at the uh, Cedar bowl. He won every one. Yeah, I every thought so. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, that's just, I mean, that that's, you know, a, a standard that, that, that we shouldn't hold incredibly high, but it's still, he still did it. And it's still yeah. impressive. And it shows you the kind of explosion that we have now, obviously that's not going to be the case in the NFL. I don't think that he, uh, you know, I think teams are obviously will have a hard time covering a player like this. The question becomes like, is someone like this, you know, physically able to hold up for 17 games worth of punishment? How much of a, like of a feature role do you want to have for a guy like this? Uh, as far as, as far as like what he, where he would fit in the offense, I, I think, you know, for the most part, I would assume he would be a slot player. Um, I think he has the potential to be a Z because I think, you know, you move him off the line, obviously, and, and kind of do some things if you wanted. He, you did see a little bit of him uh, uh, operating on the outside. I, I think that it would be tough to kind of consider him a full-time outside receiver. Uh, it's just I, not going to happen. Right? Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think his best bet and his best situation would be, uh, you know, kind of like a tool similar to, you know, what you would have hoped to use – uh, someone like Turpin with, for you know, maybe the kind of yeah. offensive uh, weapon uh, uh, routes or, or or deployments that you would have loved to use Turpin for. That's what you would use for Dell. Quick screens, tunnel screens, have him come out of the backfield, hand him the football, reverses, jet sweeps, uh, all of that stuff. You know, uh, uh, plays that will get him the the opportunity with to have the ball with blockers. Yep. You know, yep. play with the get him the ball quickly so he can uh, you know make people miss. Those are the kind of things, obviously, that you're going to want to do with Dell. I, I think he has more skill outside of that than a lot of these other kind of diminutive wide receivers we've seen. And yes. I, I do think he has that ability to you know, go down the field a little bit and, and go up and catch the ball. We saw him elevate and catch the ball a couple of times in a way that you don't necessarily see uh, smaller wide receivers do. Uh, but I would say that he, I would still probably, you know, kind of box him at, at least yeah. at first into that sort of gadget role. I, I, I would say he ball. like, okay, this is going to sound uh, oh, blasphemous, boy. but I think he is a better pure receiver than Tavon Austin, who happens to be one of my yeah. favorite college players of all time. But I think the role is probably similar, right? Yes. Like out of the slot, every once in a while you can have him on the outside if you just want him to run deep. But the goal is to get him the ball close to the line of scrimmage and let him make plays after the catch. I, I will say over the last couple of years, Landon, we've seen teams use this type of player. I, the, the Cardinals had Greg Dortch last year who caught like 50 passes. We've seen the Bills use Isaiah McKenzie in this role. Um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, the, the Rams spent a second round pick on Tutu Atwell and they used Brandon Powell in that role. So I think the NFL is becoming more open to using these guys as part-time players out of the slot. So I could see how as a down the roster receiver, he would make sense. And another guy, you know, we, we've been kind of mentioning diminutive receivers and another guy that I, you know, shocked we haven't brought his name up yet, but just to kind of compare the roles, right. is Cole Beasley, right. Yep. Cole Beasley was a guy who was obviously a slot specialist, but specifically was such a good route runner that he was kind of a possession receiver, specifically on like third downs where you just needed a few yards and you knew he was going to create that kind of separation. I think Dell uh, can be that type of receiver, except I also think he's there, right? So I imagine, I don't know that he's going to be 
like immediately the the kind of chain mover that you saw with Cole Beasley. And, and I think that that was kind of extraordinary what Cole Beasley kind of came into the league was able to do, right? Well, it took him a but, while, too, to even get Yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite right away. And I, and I think that that's the other thing to keep in mind here is that I think Dell will be able to stick around a little bit because he's going to be able to do more for teams than a Cole Beasley would have. But I think the goal is to try to get him to a spot where he can do that kind of the kind of extra stuff, the the play, the the game uh, planning stuff that you specifically are trying to you know leverage his skills for, where you're getting the ball. But also, you know, with the idea that he working is working towards that role as the kind of quick separator in the slot that can be a reliable target on third downs. That's that's I think ultimately. Uh, the valuable yeah. aspect of his game that he's going to have to develop in order to kind of be a regular on any sort of offense. All right. Say the Cowboys draft tank Dell. What feels like the right spot in the draft? Is it the third round? Is it the fourth it's, round? It's crazy. Cause I, I haven't really been paying attention honestly. Cause he's like, you know, it's not a guy that I've uh, that I thought of. I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, from what I've seen uh, I'm always shocked. He's, he always ends up being the guy that I'm shocked is still available, you know, when I get to the fourth round sometimes, you know. I would say, uh, you know, injecting some realism into this, and especially now that we're starting to see that, that even teams like Dallas are looking into these small wide receivers, I imagine that the uh, market for these guys is a little bit higher than we're expecting. So I would say he's probably a late two or, you know, early three, mid three type guy, I think, it just based on what, you know, rumblings you're seeing. And, and I'm never usually the, 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 the stock value guy as far as like, you know, kind of having a, a full picture on what everyone feels like. But I do think that just based on what I've seen in my own mock draft, based on what I've seen other people talking about, they value the guy. That senior mm-hmm. bowl definitely turned heads. Uh, but I, I, you know, I feel to this day there's going to be some teams that are going to give him a little bit of a stock hit simply based on the on his size. To me, it feels like he goes where between picks like 75 and 125, that right? Like right. late third, early fourth round. Um, and Dallas, obviously, they have a pick late in the third round. So maybe if they address the two needs that they need in the first two picks and they just say, hey, this is a guy that we really like. Um, Kevontae Turpin's not a lock to make this roster. We need no. some more speed on the offense. Uh, let's get somebody like Tank Dell. I, I I could certainly see it. I want to ask you, Landon, about some of the other smaller receivers in this class that we've seen connected to the Cowboys next. All right, Landon, we've uh, we've heard some rumblings about some other guys that the Cowboys might like, including a guy that we brought up earlier, Josh Downs. We heard about Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, another receiver in yeah. this class that comes in at five foot eleven. Uh, we heard some rumors maybe about Jaden Reed, a 5'10 receiver from Michigan State. My question for you is, if the Cowboys draft the receiver in this class, do you think it'll be one of the smaller guys, or do you think they're more likely to, you know, on day late day two, early day three, gamble on a guy like Michael Wilson from Stanford or A.T. Perry from Wake Forest? What, what do you see happening here? You know, I, I think that's the real that's the real question here. Is that is this a switch in preference, or is this just an opening up of the filtering? Right. So, I anticipate. I would guess, as it stands right now, that what they'll start doing is just removing the filter, and then adding these guys into their larger wide receiver pool 
with the grades affected by their height and weight in, in an yep. appropriate manner. Right. So um, I, I don't think, you know, I think they're going to grade these guys based how they are as wide receivers. That grade will include size measurements and metrics that will have the normal kind of effect on their overall grade. And then when it's time to draft, the guy with the highest grade will uh, get chosen. I, I think the difference, you know, like this is different than trying to go and draft your wide receiver one, right? Yes. Like yes. I, I think, I think you're trying to find guys who can complement what your wide receiver one can do. And I think that a variety of body types can fill that role. So I don't know that they'll, I mean, I, I think that because they got Brandon cooks, they have, met the minimum threshold for adding speed to the team. So I don't know that they need to feel, I don't know if they need to feel like they have to go out and get more speed, but I also don't think that they will turn down more speed simply because the uh, wide receiver is under 5'11". The other thing that I've been wondering about this off season is it just feels like the defense is way deeper than the offense. And I wonder if that means that we're going to see more down the roster guys on defense playing special teams and maybe not so many offensive guys playing special teams. I mean, we've known in the past, like wide receivers, four, five, and six, basically all have to be able to contribute on special teams. Maybe the philosophy is, you know, Hey, wide receiver four for us now is going to be somebody who's going to be a big contributor on offense. We don't want to expose that guy to special teams. So let's let, Calvin Joseph and Nation Wright and CJ Goodwin handle a lot of special team stuff. And we'll just get the best available offensive guys and put them on the field because I think that would tech, I mean, potentially open up roster spots for somebody like a Tank Dell, where maybe in previous years we wouldn't have had that. I think that there's a potential symbiotic helpfulness um, that could happen if the Cowboys decided to do exactly what you're talking about, right? Like maybe rostering more defensive players on game day um, in order to facilitate uh, not only to facilitate the rotation that you want to do and that the defensive coordinator obviously wants to do throughout the game, but also to uh, help facilitate more special teams load on those defensive players. First of all, obviously defensive players are probably better generally at special teams specifically because they're used to tackling. That's just a job that they're used to doing. Now you don't have to roster a Noah Brown in order to keep your special teams uh, running smoothly because you're not necessarily reliant on that receiver. That probably means you roster less receivers on game day, or or maybe I shouldn't say that because maybe you make that up in tight ends, right, or some some other kind of reconfiguration. But I would say maybe what they do is they roster fewer offensive players knowing that they don't need to have them contribute to special teams, that helps the offense because actually you still get more offensive, useful players, if that makes sense. Players that that you actually want to use on offense as opposed to having to facilitate special teams. And the defense gets the depth they want while still being able to overall facilitate the numbers that you need for because we've seen in previous years, they'll roster six receivers with only the top three being exclusively on offense now maybe you only roster five but all five are but all five are, are deadly on the on, on as offensive weapons right as opposed to having your bot like rostering six wide receivers and then having your bottom three b guys who can run a route and can catch the ball 
but they are mostly on their game day roster because they're special teams aces. Which isn't all that different than what Green Bay had, like let's say back in 2010 when it was Greg Jennings and James Jones and Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, and they had a bunch of these other receivers. Like their top four receivers played a ton of the snaps. Maybe that's just what you see from Dallas this year. So well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens at the wide receiver position for the Cowboys. I kind of assumed once they traded for Brandon Cooks that they were out of the wide receiver market. That might not be the case at all. It sounds like the Cowboys are very interested. So that- Again, this is a whole other topic for a whole other show. But the, 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 this, the, the throwaway line that, that Mike McCarthy gave Dave Moore the other day about wanting to change the protections, to me that opens up a lot of different conversations, including the fact that, like we just said, more wide receivers in route. Maybe that means less tight ends. So there could be the the, the chance that we're seeing a, a roster uh, that is going to include more wide receivers rostered on game days because th- that's the kind of deployment that they're going to be doing more often than, than adding a bunch of tight ends. I would not be surprised. Again, I reference another Packers team, 2011. Yeah. These guys all had at least 400 receiving yards. Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, James Jones, Donald Driver, Randall Cobb. Maybe we see something more like that where you legitimately feel good about four or five receivers and you're just trying to find ways to get your best personnel on the field. And and and, and this kind of scenario where you're using more five-man protection schemes, you're not necessarily reliant on the tight end to be as much of a blocker. Maybe you don't need to draft another tight end high. Maybe you, you, uh, you, you can cobble together with the tight end position, an H-back position with the guys that you have. Pullback. And then in the seventh round, what you do – you go get a fullback for this yeah. team. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens with the Cowboys in the fullback market. Fullback's coming. Fullback's coming, guys. Fullback's Probably as an undrafted free agent. Let's not, let's not get our hopes up too much. But I don't uh, care. Fullback's coming. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Scouting Show with the draft dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management and more, Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, We want to thank you for checking out our show. Please go to YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Go follow Landon uh, on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.